Morning, Buzz. How are you? I'm really good, mate. What have we got? Three sleeps until uh, Compact Stadium, Eel Storm. Very excited. Getting, you're getting a bit of a reputation, Buzz. Just got to let you know. There's rumours going around. Parking. Well, still haven't paid your bet that you owe me. You're meant to take me for lunch. And then you're meant to turn up on Friday and you're a no-show. Yeah, some of us... Uh, Oh, I don't want an excuse, so just letting you... Oh, listen, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just yeah. giving you the goss that you're getting a bit of a reputation. That's all. Well, you, I you do, do. You I, do what you want with that information. Clarky, unlike you... Yes. <laughs> Let me guess. You had to work. work today. You, you've got a three-hour shift and you're not... Oh, no, Buzz. This is not work. This is not work for me. This is love. Yeah, well, I do this for love. <laughs> yeah. How did you find Menangle anyway? Did you need an old Gregory's map? No, I, used to, I, I, I grew up in Liverpool, Buzz. Just around the oh, corner, oh. Menangle. Fucker, you live in Rose oh, Bay, please. No, no, that's incorrect as well. I live in Vaucluse. <laughs> <laughs> but good morning to you anyway, buddy. Yeah, good morning to you guys. I did, I did send uh, Will and Ben my sincere apologies. I had a lot of work to do for the weekend newspapers and could not find my time to get there, so... Um, I will hope to catch up with you guys maybe for a feed and a beer a bit later in the season. Um, one what do you mean hope? You've got to yeah. shout us. <laughs> There's no hope in that, Buzz. We will find you. It's a bet. So I hear it was a fun uh, occasion. Yeah, no, it certainly was. It certainly was. Uh, what about this story in the paper today, Buzz, on the back page? You've rated everyone's uh, roster. And you've got the Roosters there are worth nearly $2 million over the cap in your eyes. And yes. you, you believe that you know, a lot of clubs have got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I do, Lance. And look, uh, just to explain, uh, Brent Reid, my colleague at the Telegraph, um, and myself went through every roster. So there was a couple of opinions, not just mine. And look, I don't think too many people will argue with the values we put on the Sydney Roosters and it's about $1.8 million over the salary cap. And I want to start off by saying there is absolutely no suggestion that they are rotting the cap. It's more about them being such a powerful club and the fact players want to get the opportunity to play under a three-time premiership winning coach and Trent Robinson and their influential Chairman Nick Politis. And look, you go through the roster, there's a couple of million dollar players to start off with Tedesco and Joey Manu. They've got Joseph Suali in the back line worth 800k, Luke Geary 700k. And then you go through their pack Hargreaves, Smith, Crichton, Radley. They're all $700,000 plus. So I don't think there can be too many arguments about their value on paper. You look at the Panthers, they're way over the cap too. Nathan Cleary, and I think you'd agree, Laurie, we've mm. rated him a $1.5 million player. Yep, um, yeah, I agree I think with he's that. getting paid a little bit less than that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think Cleary's, um, when you're t- talking of... And we had this discussion earlier, Buzz, mm. uh, Clarkie and I, because yeah. uh, we noticed that... So, so Cleary, 1.5, yep, I, I, I get that, and I'd pay that too for, for a halfback. But we were discussing early this morning about you've rated Tedesco at 1.2, Luttrell at 1.4, how you thought that Luttrell, you'd pay him more than James Tedesco, given that we think Tedesco is the best player in the game. But then we started talking about marketability, because Luttrell's probably worth more off the field 
than what James Tedesco would be. Yeah, look, we tried to weigh everything up, and I, you look at them as a, and I've said in the story I've written about Latrell later in the week. I don't think there's a player in the game who quick turnstiles like he does or attracts more eyeballs to um, the TV coverage on Nine, Fox Sports, and Kaya. He is probably the biggest personality player in the game, bar none. Um, yep. And so we've whacked on a little bit extra because of that. And, right. Uh, yep. But look, look, it's a very good question, you know, that, that you asked. Um, South again with Latrell on the big brass. Um, they've also they're, they're what about seven hundred k over the salary cap. They've got Cody Walker. We've rated eight hundred twenty thousand. And then you've got their skipper um, Cameron Murray. We've rated him one point one million. Some might suggest that's a little bit high, but look, geez, he's a great player. Mm. And um, yeah, so look, there's always going to be arguments on the ratings, but uh, that, that, that's what we finished up with. And um, I, I think the concerning thing is it, it does show that there's quite a gap between the top and the bottom sides. And um, but the Cowboys last year. Um, we rated them back with the bottom sides. And a couple of their players, like Jeremiah Nanai and Ruben Cotter, were rated under $300,000 because they weren't all that well-known or they hadn't really made their mark this time last year. They came from nowhere at the beginning of the year to play for the Kangaroos at the World Cup. So I'm hoping we're proven wrong again this year and that um, some of these teams... Like the, the Dolphins, you, you look at their roster, and I don't know what you think, Guy. We've rated them at only eight point seven million, mm. and I don't think too many people can argue with that, Laurie. Uh, no, Marky. no, I, I think you, I yeah. think you got that one spot on, Buzz. Because yeah. I, I think they've got some good, experienced players, but yeah. they just haven't got the depth of some of those other teams. Yeah. Um, but, but they haven't got the high-profile no. players, let alone player. They no. haven't got. They're probably at least two high-profile players short, aren't they? Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah, make well, an instant yeah. impact. Yeah. The, the the really encouraging sign there is that they've picked up Thomas Fleegler and they've yeah. picked up um, Herbie Farnsworth in the last uh, forty-eight hours, and that's going to be a significant upgrade for their squad. Mm. I still think they're missing the superstar marquee player in the halves. I think Anthony Milford, what have we rated him at? I'm just looking at it now, 325,000. Yeah, and he struggled in the trials, and I think Wayne Bennett even hooked him in that last game. So I think I think they're going to be competitive early on. They'll, they'll have a dead-set whack, but I think as injuries settle in, and um, I, I, I think they're going to struggle, and I, I can understand why most people... Um, are suggesting that there are long odds on favourite to win the wooden spoon. Um, Buzz, what about? Oh, sorry. Go for yeah, it, go on, Clark. No, I was just going to ask: Are we? Uh, how likely are we to see Tommy T back for round one? Great news for rugby league, Clarky, and great news for the Manly Seagulls. Tom Turbo trained strong. They had a um, in-house game against one of their lower grade squads during the week, and he. He did the full session, and Anthony Seabold has declared that when they announce the team on Tuesday, Tom Turbo will be out the back. 
it's a massive game. It'll sell out. They play the Bulldogs. And um, it'll be really interesting to see Tom Turbo because one of his things, something he picked up while he was in America, was um, his running style. And is there a, a different way he can train? Is there a different way he can run that's going to protect his hamstrings a bit better? So there will be more eyeballs on him this weekend than any other player in the comp. And I think even if you don't follow Manly, I think most people have got their fingers crossed hoping that um, he does uh, get through. And really exciting team to watch Manly this year. The trial form means nothing, but they're a happy club again. The Pride jersey um, fiasco seems to be a, not a distant memory, but in the background now. And uh, there's some pretty exciting players. And Anthony Seabold's come back, Shane Flanagan helping him out. And that's going to be a great game because we all want to see what Cameron Serraldo's going to do with that Bulldog squad that's so much stronger than it has been in previous years. You know, they've had Josh Adokar and Matt Burton for a long time, but adding Reid Marnie. Geez, there's only trials, but he's one of those guys who could turn out to be the buyer of the year. Billy Kickow on an edge, worth 1.1 million now ratings today. Um, it's going to be a great game of football, that one. Uh, now, Buzz, <clears throat> now, Spencer Lenu, there's a bit of a battle on between, well, two of the big heavy hitters in Phil Gould and Nick Politis, and what way he'll go uh, should he be leaving the Panthers? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, Nick Politis, as we all know, and has got the uh, biggest checkbook in rugby league, and um, and Gus Gould is one of the most influential men in rugby league. And you look at the Penrith front rowers they've got have taken to a couple of premiership: Moses Leota and James Fisher Harris, who I rate the number one prop in rugby league. Um, and Spencer Lane has been coming off the bench. He's a very, very good player. The Roosters are losing Jared Wera Hargreaves at the end of the year. He's likely to go and play in the English Super League. And the Roosters see him as the ideal replacement. But Phil Gould has one ace up his sleeve, and that is Cameron Serraldo, who has been picking up Stephen Crichton from the Penrith Panthers, Billy Kickow from the Penrith Panthers, Matt Burton from the Panthers. So... It's a really interesting battle between two heavyweights. I think it's even money at this stage. They're both desperate to get his services. What it says at Canterbury, if they're going to be paying that much money for Spencer Lane, that Luke Thompson could be in his last year at the club, the, the former St Helens forward. So, um, it's interesting, Canterbury. I still think that what they need more than anything else is to look at their half situation. Um, Kyle Flanagan's only been rated at $275,000 and I think Gus has made no secret of the fact that um, Kyle is not their long-term option. So to be spending all this money on uh, players outside of halfback is an interesting one and uh, we'll watch that pan out. Hey Buzz, I thought Mitchell Moses uh, had recommitted to the Eels, but there's been no announcement on his signing. When, when do we expect that to be confirmed? Yeah, this one's dragged on and on and on. It's been an enormous frustration for Parramatta Eels fans because Parramatta bumped their offer up to $1.2 million. 
still a little bit short of what the West Tigers have offered. The West Tigers have not been informed that Mitchell Moses has rejected their offer and the Parramatta Reels have not been informed that he is staying there. Now, I don't blame the player here because it's a big contract. It could be one of the final deals he signs in his career, but I don't know why he's required this much time. The offers are there on the table. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed he hasn't made his decision, just for Parramatta fans. When these things drag on and drag on, the person who suffers is not the manager, it's not the club, it's the player and his reputation. And people immediately think, geez, is he being greedy? He's been offered $1.2 million to stay at a really, really powerful... I don't think it does him any good. Mm. And I think he's long overdue to you know, to make the call. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I just assumed that he was staying. I, I read something well, last look, week. That, look, that was Michael all. Tavis in the Sydney Morning Herald um, wrote last week that he's on the verge of accepting the Parramatta offer. Right, right. But uh, uh, I spoke to uh, Jim Sarantinos, the Parramatta CEO, after um, Michael wrote that story, and he said nothing official. There haven't been an indication that's going to happen in the next 48 hours whatsoever. It's interesting, too, he's not the only player in the NRL who's keeping his club waiting. How long on this show have we been talking about Joseph Sawali and his future? Mm. Now, he has an option for 2024, which he has yet to take up. And obviously, there is enormous interest in Joseph, not necessarily from NRL clubs Mm. who don't think they can prize him out of the roosters, but the Australian Rugby Union. And I spoke yesterday to Hamish McLaughlin, who's the chair of the Australian Rugby Union, and um, just about his views and how far down the track. And I think one of the hold-ups is there is enormous interest from the Wallabies, and they've got a World Cup this year, so Joseph obviously uh, wouldn't be in a position to play for them. But I think they're offering a lot more money than what the Roosters can, and I think our valuations of the Roosters showed why they can't match rugby because they'd go straight over the cap if they did anything more than 800k. Before you so, go, Buzz... Uh, yeah, what, good on your... you guys. Enjoy my angle and we'll chat soon. 